0: Before we jump into a huge show today, I want to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. They're tried and true since 1972, and they're your most reliable partner for all of your long-term rubber projects, whether it's custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. DRC is your place to go, and especially anything you need for your snowplows, make sure you hit up Denver Rubber Company. It's 1-800-259-0010. Or you can visit them at drcfirst.comslash dnvr.
1: Broncos country is, sitting in the south stands,
0: drinking the curds from my High, the best part of the weekend. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Stravacraft Coffee and let's not hesitate. Huge day. Huge news, Zach. Second episode of the Bachelor comes out
2: tomorrow. <laughs> wow, they're they're going up against the uh National Championship game, huh?
0: Yep. LSU and Clemson might win, but they're both going to lose to the Bachelor.
2: <laughs> All right, let's
0: I, that joke wasn't supposed to go any further than me just saying that so let's not uh let's not take it too far here. yeah
2: I thought you were going to jump into the big news and of course Broncos without Brandon Staley moving forward yes that is <laughs> no of course
0: that's not the big news no I was trying to think of another one that I could come up with, <laughs> but I couldn't like they didn't like cut any practice squad guys or anything this weekend no of course out of left field yesterday No one. And I truly mean no one when I say no one. No one saw this coming. Middle of the game. What's crazy is, well, I'll get to this later. Middle of the game, out of nowhere, you see the news come across. I believe Tom Pellicero had it first.
2: The Broncos fired offensive coordinator Rich Scangarello. Wow. Two weeks after the season, not just that, Ryan, but you also have Vic Fangio come out the day after the season and say, nope, we're keeping everyone. Looks like they're going with stability, keeping everything together intact, and then they make the biggest move outside of firing Vic Fangio. Rich Scangarello's the the biggest move that they could make, and so the timing is bizarre. And what wasn't crazy was the move itself because – you're 14, or you finish in the bottom five in 14 of 18 major statistical categories on offense. You actually take a step back in points per game from the bad offense in 2018. You have Joe Flacco criticize the play calling midseason. You have Vic Fangio criticize the offensive staff uh, and, and what's going on on that side of the ball. All of these things, you're like, okay, a move would make sense. But two weeks later, no, it didn't make sense at all.
0: And here's what makes it more crazy, and it makes it a little more understandable, because thankfully, they had a plan. I mean, I, I would be losing my mind on this <laughs> podcast today if, they, if it didn't seem like they had a plan. Um, when they fired Rich Scangarello, the Texans were up 24-0.
2: <laughs>
0: by the time the game was over, the Broncos had their offensive coordinator, and the Texans had lost by 20. <laughs> I would be, and we'll probably talk a little bit about this game later, I don't know if ever at any level of football, has a team been winning by 24 and lost by 20? I don't
2: think so. Like, I know it hasn't happened in the NFL. I don't think it's happened in college. Right? I mean, that is so, so crazy. The
0: thing is, you just felt, I felt it coming. I mean, as soon as. Pat or
2: the the comeback? (laughs) The comeback. (laughs) They had
0: so many breaks go their way. And as soon as the breaks started going against them, I was like,
2: For the Texans, they initially, yep, yep, yep.
0: Like, they might have been able to just clinch on to 24 points and just, like, (laughs) hold on as long as they possibly can. But once the break started going against them, I was like, oh, this is not only going to get squared back up, it's going to go way the other way.
2: Yeah, if the the Texans win up by that lead just by outplaying the Chiefs, then the game was over. But you're right, it's because of all those breaks. Okay, back to the Broncos.
0: I heard the news... Was flabbergasted, spent the entire rest of the night thinking about it, did some research on Pat Shermer, who of course will be the new offensive coordinator, and the whole time I was just, I wanted a stone cold take. I wanted to go to Twitter and say, this was a fantastic move, or this was a terrible move. <laughs> And I never got there. I just can't get there. There's too many layers to this, and it's funny because I'm the guy who doesn't really like Rich Scangarello's offense. And Pat Shermer, much more spread out, much more shotgun. Yeah, much right up your alley. Three wide receiver sets. So I should be the one saying finally. <laughs> but there is a part to this that I just can't get by that I don't what? like. So let's start. What? So let's start with what I don't like. Drew Locke comes in to Rich Scangarello's system, takes him a while to learn it, but once he gets into it, he flourishes. He has a great rapport with Scangarello. I know that for a fact. And a really fantastic rapport with quarterbacks coach T.C. McCartney. Now, T.C. has not been let go, uh, but it wouldn't be a surprise. No. Um, And – Based on those I've talked to, it wouldn't be a surprise if there's a lot of changes on the offensive side of the ball, Mm -hmm. save for Mike Munchak. Yep. I feel weird about the fact that that's just being thrown to the side. Remember, the one and only thing that matters is the quarterback and not really the only thing that matters, but the number one most important thing on the offense is the quarterback. And while is it very conceivable that Drew Locke flourishes even more in this offense and if anyone should be saying that it's me yes I just feel like in terms of uh, maybe it's just I'm being too much about instant gratification I think he's gonna have to take two steps back to hopefully later take 10 steps forward and that just scares me I don't. you had everything just working with your young rookie quarterback and I just the thought of going two steps backwards
2: scares me I totally understand that, but I think Drew Locke has a much better option. I think his ceiling's way higher now. In fact, I think maybe he does take a little step back at the beginning of the season, but then I think that'll be microwaved because this offense is going to be designed for him and help him succeed the most. It's not going to be about a system and putting your quarterback in. Ryan, I'm, I, I completely understand with what you're saying. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm just, shocked that you feel this way. It's just like a, it's a, nervous, <laughs> it's a nervous type of thing
0: where I'm just like, I, could, I just could see the future before. I knew how Drew Locke was, gonna, was going to fare in that offense. I, I knew that they were on the right path. Like, eventually, as long as they put the right pieces around them and we talked about the pieces, you know, ad nauseum, as long as they got the pieces around them, The ceiling was probably even above the 49ers offense right now, Mm -hmm. depending on Rich Gangarello. Rich Gangarello had to get to that level as a play caller, which was also a large leap, but I could just see the path. Now they're back to square one, and that's okay. I'm not saying I don't like the move, but that's the one thing that kept me from being like, oh, man, I absolutely love this. And so maybe I should have started with what I love about this because I love a lot about it. First of all, and I'm surprised this is the first thing I'm coming to, but it's the thing that stands out in my mind the most. Vic, so when we talk about Cliff Kingsbury, who's the guy who I always said he should be going for?
2: Wade Phillips on the defensive side. Right.
0: right. I was always saying, like, you got to get your offensive genius and then give the defense a head coach and say – You're the head coach of the defense. I don't really feel like worrying about that. Sean McVay, Wade Phillips, it worked out perfectly. They went to a Super Bowl. Yep. This is the opposite of that. This is you got your defensive genius, and now Vic Fangio can tell Pat Shermer, you're the head coach of the offense. Go get it he's going to trust him a lot more than he trusted Rich Scangarello.
2: That's what Vic wanted to do from the beginning. Yes. He wanted to be the defensive play caller that had the head coach responsibilities. He didn't want to have to manage the offense, and he was doing that throughout the season way more than he was expecting.
0: Moaning and groaning after every <laughs> play call. So I love that. I love that Vic can go all in on the defense now. You have to assume he has a relationship with Pat Schirmer, respects him a lot. Yep. And, and it's comfortable. And he
2: could probably turn his back. He can be the Sean McVay and go talk to the defense when the offense is on the field, which he hasn't been able to do.
0: There are now two head coaches on the offense. You've got Pat Shermer and Mike Munchak. Yep. I mean, let him go. Yeah. There's no reason for you to be meddling in that. I think they're the only team that has that. So, I love that. Uh, because I think Vic Fangio, well, I'm sure... Once in a while, he should go into the offensive meeting and say, you know what gives me fits on defense when teams do this? Is there a way we can work that in? And they'll probably say, oh, yeah, of course, we'd love to work that in. Thanks for the input. I hated the idea, and I knew it was happening. I hated the idea that Vic Fangio was trying to help craft the offensive game plan and all this stuff because in the end, he did not trust Rich Gangarello 100%. I think he liked him. I think he respected him. They played golf, blah, blah, blah. I think he believed in him, but he also knew he was a rookie. And because of that, it made him uneasy. And then the rookie mistakes started piling up. They went 0-4. And I think at that point, especially at 0-4, Vic Fangio did not trust Rich Gangarello. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that that dynamic will be taken care of. And here's the other thing. I'm glad. I am glad that Drew Locke is literally taking a step back. From under center to the (laughs) shotgun, because that is going to result in steps forward. It's just common knowledge in 2020 that your quarterback should be able to see the whole field. And especially these young quarterbacks coming out of college systems where they play in the shotgun almost 100% of the time, forcing them under center, changing the way they see the field. I've said it once, I've, I'll say it a million times, it doesn't make sense. You're making your life harder. Now, the funny thing is you had already gone through the struggle. You'd made it through the mud yep. that you create by starting up that offensive system. That, and that's one of the reasons why I have a little bit of pause. But maybe you just, you know, the, the other side of that, you're more flexible now. Drew Locke can live life under center. He's good at it. And so you don't have to live in the shotgun all the time, you now know that Drew Locke has that in the bag. He just expanded the arsenal. But you are going to make his life a lot easier, and you said it, Zach. You said the word, this is the most important word with this hire. It's the most important word with the firing of Rich Gangarello. It is the most important thing of all, ceiling. Right. Drew Locke's ceiling is higher now, Mm -hmm. and that makes this move the right move. That's what makes me say, you can't disagree with this. Pat Shermer, experienced play caller, definitely a better play caller than, than Rich Gangarillo. Right now, you can just you know, write that in Sharpie.
2: Better feel for the game. Better
0: feel for the game, all that stuff. But more important than anything, you are going to build an offense. This was the most important thing. Remember, I said this is the most important thing in the offense. You're going to build an offense around Drew Locke's strengths. Yep. And I liked that Rich Gangrello had realized pistol, shotgun, I, those things are going to help Drew Locke. Well, now you're not going to have to um, grapple with, okay, well, we want to use pistol and shotgun, but we know that this offense works best from, out from under center, blah, blah, blah. No, they're not going to get caught up in that. They're going to do everything based on Drew Locke. And this is going to raise his ceiling.
2: Yes, it, it absolutely will. Last year, Daniel Jones under Pat Shermer was in shotgun 75% of the time. I mean, Mace would love that right now. And that's what Drew Locke will be. Uh, Pat Shermer isn't afraid to take shots.
0: Really quick. Mace isn't here. He's on his way to the senior bowl, or sorry, the shrine game Yes, um, uh, this morning. So uh, we miss Mace. I actually was super bummed. Like This would have been a great podcast to have Mace on. Uh, we got so caught up, we didn't even tell you. Yeah, Mace is uh, on his way to the Shrine game, so we'll have coverage from him uh, coming
2: all week on the prospects down there. Anyways, ex- ex- on. Exactly. He's not afraid to take shots, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing for Vic Fangio and why he made this move was, look, Rich had great play designs. His script was really good coming out of halftime at the beginning of the game. But then he just got afraid. And you could tell Vic Fangio called him out for it. Rich almost pretty much admitted to it. And that's something that Pat Shurmur won't be afraid of. He's not a first-time play caller. He's been an offensive coordinator for seven years. He's been a quarterback coach for seven years. He knows how to make quarterbacks comfortable. But Ryan, just taking a step back and looking at this, this reminds me so much of Vance Joseph. And his second year, the first year it seemed like John Elway put together Vance Joseph's mm. Vance Joseph's coaching staff. Rich Gangarello was a John Elway hire. It was pretty darn clear about that. It was his offense. It was his guy. That that was John Elway's shot to try and get the young up and comer. Then what happened it, at when when they retained Vance for a second season, which was very close. Uh, unlike. Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio is coming back no matter what. Vance Joseph, John Elway had to sleep on it. John said, okay, you know what? If you're going to fail, I'm going to let you fail with more of your guys. Maybe not all of your guys. And Vance got to make a lot of changes on the offensive side of the ball. Well, Rich Gangarello, John Elway's guy, didn't work out. Now Vic gets his guy. And I am very, very confident in saying that Pat Shermer is Vic's guy. And I think that's extremely important because, Ryan, you, you talked about the trust that's there, I think Vic now can turn his back to the offense. Now, will he being the head coach? Probably not. I don't think he'll do that that much, but he's not going to have to hear every single play call and turn down some. He's just going to say, Pat, this is your thing. Vic's going to be fully in the defensive meetings. He's not going to have to be creeping in the offensive meetings when he doesn't want to, unlike last year. So this is now Pat Shermer's side. I think this is so important for Vic uh, to be able to have this. Now, the question is why Pat Sherman was fired the, the day after, or the, the day the Giants' season ended after they went 4-12. and Why did it take so long? Well, what I was told was Vic wanted to make it work with Rich Scangarello. He he took a step back, and he did his review of the coaches. They're waiting to do their review of players uh, for a month after the season, but he looked at his coaches, met with Rich Scangarello, said, these are the things that, that we need to change going forward. Uh, and uh, Rich didn't really want to change those ways, and so Vic said, these things need to change, and uh, so if you're not going to change, then we're going to make a change. That's why it happened, and uh, Pat Shermer was a very hot commodity around the league, and so maybe, maybe this process was microwaved a bit in order to see if Rich was willing to make those changes. Uh, And since he wasn't, he wanted Vic one to make sure that he got his guy. And that's just the biggest thing about this is now it's Vic's guy.
0: Uh, Yeah. And I heard there's a little more at play there with Rich Gangarello. I'm hoping to have more information on this later in the week, uh, digging and and talking to sources. Um, But I think that's part of it. I think it's, it's a side of the story. Um, and so I, I want to try and, you know, gather more information before I, before I talk too much on exactly what went down there. Um, some other things at play here. I don't think this coaching staff needed to get older. It's not a deal breaker for me. But it, it, you are getting just older and older and older. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why maybe, you know, Pat Shermer is going to be essentially the offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach. In the same way that really rich Scangarello was, uh, I'm kind of hoping that he keeps TC McCartney around because of that. You you stay younger. You you know you you're able to have uh, an up and coming coach, someone who relates a little bit more in the room. Um, just one little thing that I, I thought about in my hours of thought about this is, man, this coaching staff is really old, really old, mm-hmm. and it just got a lot older. Mm-hmm. Uh, you took out one of the younger influences and put in an old influence. Yep, um, and. I don't know. I mean, who's, the, who's going to be the youngest coach on the staff now if you don't have T.C. McCartney as your quarterback's coach? Like Curtis Modkins On the something? offensive
2: side? Yeah, Zach Azani. But oh, yeah, But I, I don't know if, if right. with potential changes, I don't know if he'd be held on. Right, okay. So, again,
0: that was one thing that I'm just like, eh, don't know if I love that. I like having some young people in the building.
2: Ryan, just like I say, once you accept Tom Brady as the greatest of all time, life is easier. You know, just accept that this is an old coaching staff. They're not going to be getting the young guys, and life is going to be easier. Because I, I, I want them to maybe hire one or two young guys that can blossom, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I think uh, Vic's accepted. He's getting his guys in, and his guys are closer to his age than our age. Fair enough. It's just it's hard for me to swallow. <laughs> I understand. Um, what else?
0: It's just – so, all right, let's get into what does Pat Shermer do? It's actually interesting. It's a little bit of everything, yep. and not in a bad way, because I think when you first hear that, you could probably think and that's a negative thing, like commit to one thing or the other. But he really has taken from a lot of different places to develop his offense. Some people call it um, the West Coast power spread, which yeah. is a lot of words, which, yeah. hey, it's the West Coast offense. It's famous <laughs> for a lot of words. Um, so what essentially it is, and and this is – this this is the best sentence that you can say about this offense. It comes from Andy Reid. That is the the root yep. of this thing. That's my favorite sentence. It comes from Andy Reid. Um, that's where it started. That's kind of what Shermer comes out from under. But then he's worked with Chip Kelly. He got a little. You know, he did a little bit of uh, of learning from Chip Kelly. Got a little more college in him, and and you saw that a lot with Daniel Jones when he was trying to integrate him into the offense probably before he was ready, really pulled out some of his Chip Kelly stuff. Um, Also a little bit of Norv Turner influence in terms of those downfield passes that you talked about. They really like to attack uh, vertically in this offense. When you say this type of stuff, it sounds incredible. It does. Now it never really works out (laughs) like that, but on the surface, you're talking about a hybrid uh and, and the west coast i mean you go if you want to start really going climbing the tree you can go from andy reed to mike holmgren to bill walsh right which bill walsh on a different side of this goes out to mike shanahan to gary kubiak to kyle right. shanahan to rich kangaroo mm-hmm. it all comes from the same peak of the tree or maybe it's the root of the tree um probably but the leaf of the tree. No, these are the leaves. So I think this is the, the stump. It all comes from the same stump, which is Bill Walsh and the West Coast. Um, and then it just kind of starts leafing off into different stuff. So I, maybe that was what, what John LA needed to hear. Maybe that's how Vic, maybe Vic Fangio puts together a little PowerPoint with the tree, explaining how hey, it still does come from the same place. And maybe that's what sold John. But, man, you do really have to think that John and Vic sat down and I don't think Vic ever wanted to be in the rich Scangarello, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan offense. And I think Vic was really convincing and the stats backed him up. Hey man, I get it. I get why you love that offense. I could see what Kyle Shanahan's doing. But we don't have Kyle Shanahan. You lost your chance at Kyle <laughs> Shanahan. Now you got me. Uh, if this team is going to reach its peak with Drew Locke at quarterback, we need to step back into the shotgun. We need three wide receiver sets. We'll get, you a, uh, we'll get us a good wide receiver in the draft. And Because remember, there was a time when the Broncos were going three wide and it was like, God, who was it? It was awful. It was, I guess it would have been last, at the end of last year. So it would have been Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton. If you're going three wide in that, yeah, just don't.
2: The success rate was awful.
0: Yeah. Um, but, so they need to upgrade at those positions. But I really think that, that they sat down, Vic presented his case, said we can get Pat Shermer. Look at all these rookie mistakes that Rich Gangarello that Rich made last year. You know, we, we can either count on him learning from those mistakes, getting better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera or we can get Pat Shermer. We can give me a head coach on the offside, offensive side of the ball. Look what Pat Shermer did with Case Keenum. Remember when you spent all that money on him? Yeah, well, he sucked once he wasn't next to Pat, to Pat Shermer. Look at Sam Bradford. Look at um, Nick Foles, his best season of his career. That was with Pat Shermer. You know, you start really just pointing out all these things and saying, you loved Case Keenum. That's because he was under Pat Shermer. And you go through it, and at the end, John – thought long and hard and just said, like, you know what? If I'm putting my trust in Vic as a head coach, I have to put my trust in what he believes in. He really believes in this. I got to let him do it.
2: And that's why uh, a hat tip to John Elway. We know how dead set he was on this offense. He was so – he didn't care what coach came in. He didn't care if it was Rich Gangrel. He didn't care as long as it was this offense. And last year, one year ago, He said how important it was to have stability. And he said that he and Vic talked about it, and he told Vic that they need to keep this offensive coordinator for a while to help the young quarterback, to help the offensive system. They had to keep stability and continuity on the offensive side of the ball. Well, he listened to his head coach, and his head coach said, No, that's not the way we need to go. So I tip my cap to John because it was clearly not what he wanted to do. But if you're going to empower a head coach, you got to let him have control and you got to let him make these decisions. So it, it, it's, it's good on Vic or uh, good on John to do that. And kind of go, going along with what you're saying about what a Pat Shermer offense could look like, uh, it's adaptable, which I absolutely love. Maybe, you know, if you said it can do a lot of things, maybe it can do everything. And then you look at it on the other side, maybe it can do nothing. But the way I, I like to look at it is Bill Belichick. He changes game plans week in and week out. I think Pat Shermer is closer to doing that than a lot of coaches that the Broncos have had and the power of, or uh, what is it, the power spread, from what I understand, the power side of that is because, yeah, they're in shotgun a lot, but they still run the ball. And maybe that's something John could get behind. Okay, you're not going to completely abandon the run. Okay, well, I guess I guess we can go after this guy, even though we'll be in shotgun more. So it's not just tipping your cap to now it's all on Drew Locke's shoulders. So uh, we've got the TV on in the background,
0: and they were just running a ad for the East-West Shrine game. And what they showed was Philip Lindsay running through a hole with a Buffs helmet on, and then once he burst through the hole, it switched to a Broncos helmet. <laughs> and that leads me to this: Who's happy about this from an offensive perspective? I'll tell you. Number one, Philip Lindsay. Well, we already talked about Drew Lock. Philip Lindsay is happy about this. Uh, Cortland Sutton is happy about this. Noah Fant, I don't know. Right. It's not necessarily a pure Noah Fant type of move. Right. He can still have a lot of success in here. Um we, I guess we should go back and look at Evan Ingram. I I think he was actually better before Shermer got there. He had his best season before Shermer got there. Um Deshaun Hamilton, probably happy about this because again you're going to need four four to five good receivers Mm -hmm. um and so that makes his position on the team pretty safe even though it already really was henry ruggs has got to be feeling great about joining
2: this offense
0: um i have been hammering hammering the table about lavisca chenault in this offense it's not that it's a bad fit now it's just not the same you go i i was just debo 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 lavisca lavisca LaVisca. it's not the same anymore um, not that you couldn't use LaVisca in this offense. You could literally use LaVisca in every offense. You wanna, you, you're the Titans. You lose Derrick Henry. You want to just plug in LaVisca? <laughs> go for it. Um, but it is interesting. In terms of maximizing strengths of guys you already have, I think three out of four, the four best players on the offense, Phillip Lindsey, Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. Three out of four here are saying this is fantastic.
2: And I think the offensive line saying, what the heck, you made me go through all, th- all of that last year now to be back in this offense?
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of moves this opens up for them on the offensive line. It's a lot of back and forth. Um, I actually think this aligns more with what Mike Munchek wants to do from an offensive line standpoint. Yeah, Man, this is not – I don't like this. Five offensive coordinators in five years – I was buying into the stability thing because I started to think, man, you can't just keep picking players for these other offenses and then changing your offense. And then, like, like like Noah Fant's a good example. I don't think this will end up being a a crushing blow for Noah Fant, but you drafted Noah Fant because you were pairing him with Joe Flacco and Rich Scangarello. (laughs) You loved the idea of that. Yep. Well, now both of those guys are gone, and so Noah Fant. While he's still your first-round pick, while you're still going to use him, while you know, you're probably not going to have the whole Noah Fant package. Right. I talked about it all training camp. They have a whole package of plays designed just for Noah Fant. That's. It's not going to. I mean, they're going to run tight end screens. That's something I think that Pat Shermer likes a lot. They're
2: going to run tight end end-arounds?
0: Probably not. <laughs> so, again, that's just one example. Um, on the offensive line, Dalton are probably going to be fine. Either way, but again, you drafted him because you loved his fit in that offensive scheme. You do that too much, and you start having a mishmash of players who aren't for your scheme. So that is why continuity is so important. Again, just another layer to this where I can't just be all in one way or the other. It's just like, ah, man, you just can't keep doing this. Now, Drew Locke, I believe, has played under five different coordinators in six years. Like, he knows every offense in the book now. Yep, yep. Which is probably good, and he can handle it mentally. But, man, it's just a lot. It's a lot, and and there's so much change. And what happens if Shermer I mean, what happens if the Broncos top five in offense this year? And someone wants to go back to the Pat Shermer well as a head coach, (laughs) and you lose Pat Shermer, and now you're doing it all over again. It's just – it's one of those things that stops me from saying, this is out and out. A fantastic move,
2: and it's fair. They're going to Broncos are on their fifth offensive coordinator in five years. Just like you detailed, Ryan, that can never be successful. It it just can't be. Fortunately, Pat Shermer has. Well, I guess fortunately for the Broncos, Pat Shermer has failed twice now as a head coach. So maybe it'll take many years for another team to say, "Boy, we really want Pat Shermer." But that's true. Boy, it is so tough to have any success. And Ryan, here's what here's what scares me. The Broncos have been, like, in, in the 20s, in the bottom 10 in terms of points scored pretty much in all all five of those seasons, and they've got new offensive coordinators each time. Well, they're not going to be Pat, paying Pat Shermer anything, you know, in, in comparison, because the Giants still owe him three years $18 million, Oof. so they have to pay the difference in whatever the Broncos pay him, so I would imagine Pat is going to take a very cheap deal with the Broncos, because he's getting paid $6 million regardless of how much he's getting from the Broncos, so... What if this offense doesn't work and they're bottom five next year? And, hey, the Broncos don't have to pay anything to fire Pat Shermer anyways. Then you're on your sixth offensive coordinator in six years. This move should, because it's Vic's guy, and because he's a stable person on offense, it should bring stability for the long term. But that's what needs to happen for this move to be successful is you're giving him a three-, four-year contract, Live up to that. Live up to that. Or what if this whole team is bad and they fire Vic, then they're going to be looking for you know, another whole offensive new coordinator. Yep. Oh, the instability <laughs> scares me, man. Yeah. It's just not
0: like you literally have an offense full of players who are all drafted for different yeah. things.
2: Yeah, that's brutal.
0: It's terrible. Um, and, again, this is an easier offense to grasp. Um, they already went through the hardest thing. Which is going from a Bill Musgrave offense to a Rich Scangarello offense, uh, you know, f- 15 word play calls, all that stuff. They did the hardest transition, so now it's going to be like you know shooting hoops after you shot with a medicine ball. <laughs> oh, right. This one's going to feel easy, but yeah. again, you just can't keep doing this. I, 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 I'll say, like Royce Freeman, he was drafted for a different offense, and mm-hmm. he came into this offense. It didn't work. Now you're going to a different office. Maybe it's better for him, but it's. Yeah. Just, you go through the whole entire
2: uh, offensive roster. Every guy was drafted for a different thing. It's wild. It's and that can't work. And we've seen in Denver, it doesn't work. So now you just you need to make sure that you stick with him. Drew Locke, which
0: again you know might end up being lucky, was picked because they thought you know of all the guys playing in these college schemes, I think that guy has the skill set to play in our offense. That's why right. Drew Locke ended up here in the first place. <laughs> all right. Now you're changing him back to another offense, but again, I think it's better for him, so that's okay. But again, it's just, that is, you
2: gotta stop that. Yes. Right now. You do. And you could have convinced yourself with Bill Musgrave that he had the stability to be here for a long term. I I think that Pat Shermer has a much better chance than Rich Gangarello to be here for the long term, but like I said, you could have said that with Bill Musgrave too.
0: Okay there's going to be a million questions, so I'm sure this is not Literally the end a million. Of, um, uh, of offensive coordinator talk. But before we go too far, I want to give a shout-out to Breckenridge Brewery. Yesterday, this news comes down. I'm like, you know, whoa, 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 where did this come from? I'm just trying to enjoy football. I'm going to the CU basketball <laughs> game later tonight. What is going on here? Just needed to calm my nerves a little bit. Cracked open a strawberry sky. Really soothed me into the rest of the day as I watched the Texans just impl- load in every i mean they did so many things wrong like once the game got close again they were done they were buried yeah but from zero 24 zero to 28 24 was embarrassing yeah
2: and fireable just in a blink offense. of an eye
0: fireable offense for bill o'brien <laughs> the fake punt you're getting they that was desperate yeah you're desperate up 24 7 i believe at the time
2: yep you just knew it was going to slip away.
0: Well, and I get it. I get it. You're feel, you can feel the momentum leaving your fingertips and think, oh, man, they think they're about to get the ball right here. Yeah. We're going to run this fake punt, get 30 yards, go score a touchdown, game over. I get it. It's desperate. You yeah. were reaching into the bag because you wished you didn't. You kicked the field goal earlier and uh, just all bad, all bad. The dude, I mean, you're returning the, the kick. Just be smart. Yeah. You have to think to myself, no
2: matter what, I'm not fumbling here. Could you – being on that sideline, that must have been just the most demoralizing place to be. You, it was over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As soon as he fumbled that ball, you knew it was over. Done. He said, oh, my God, our
0: lead just went from from uh, 24 points, and it's about to be three. Yep.
2: And you're thinking, boy, I can't believe this is happening in a good way. And 10 minutes later, you're like, boy, can't believe this is happening. Yep.
0: <laughs> i mean i we were talking in the slack you know the whole company's watching the game and i believe when it was 24 14 i said the chiefs are gonna score 42 on it <laughs> and it was 41 actually yep. no was it 48 i think did it they, was, was it did it become 41 yeah 31 yeah was it, ever, was it no
2: it, it wasn't it wasn't that close
0: i think it did get back to 10 points at one okay point. so okay. yeah okay so it was 41 like you could just feel it yeah it was almost like Pat Mahomes went to the sideline and was like, "Boys, we got to score on every offensive possession from here on out, like just trying to put that mentality in there. Yeah, and then they just did. <laughs> yep. 51 points in three quarters. They outscored them 51 to seven in the last three quarters.
2: That is in, in, a, play, in a second round playoff game.
0: And we just it's time to start accepting it. <laughs> The Chiefs are going to
2: win the Super Bowl. Now, I think Derrick Henry's got something to say about that. <sighs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl.
0: It's better to start thinking about it now. Um, get Just empty the tank of all your Chiefs Super Bowl jokes. You got three more or four <laughs> more weeks. Once um, you accept it, life's easier. Yep. They're winning the Super Bowl. It's okay. It's all right. It, it was a long run. Remember, the Broncos were the only team that had won a Super Bowl since the 80s in this division.
2: Stop it. It's been a
0: long It's not going to happen. It's, it's not going to happen.
2: Run. The Chiefs are going to Chiefs it.
0: Remember, you can still say, we have three more than you <laughs> since, or, you, oh, I guess it would be now one more than you all time. You'll still right. have that. You have a lot of things in the bag, but the Chiefs are winning the Super
2: Bowl. No, Derrick
0: gonna going to do something about that. All right. I feel like you might be going to the Green Solution to come up with that idea. And the Green Solution has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online, and then head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Well, Zach, I think... It is crazy. We're in the middle of the off season. Yep. and I think we just set a record for most comments on the podcast. So we gotta go quick. And if you, if you commented something, you know about Rich Gangarello that we've already commented about, we're probably going to um,
2: breeze by it pretty quickly. Let's jump in. DJC151, Sanders' comments made me facepalm so hard. Um, you treat people like adults by holding them accountable to do their job and be on task, not messing around on their phones and being late to mandatory meetings. Two, the best Pop-Tart is chocolate chip cookie dough. Don't at me. On that note, which is better, Pop-Tarts or Toaster Strudels? Toaster Strudel Oh, is wow. better than Pop-Tarts. Wow. I'll take your word on that. You haven't had a Toaster Strudel? No. Definitely. Definitely okay. not. That. That's one where you spread it on, right? Yes. Yeah. Cadbury eggs. pop tarts name brand
0: and now toaster strudel we are building quite the list for you
2: it sounds like it's going to be a delicious day
0: should we yeah do you want to just knock this all out in one day it'll just be your cheat day will i just get sick it seems like something you
2: would do (laughs) three for pat four did y'all see the video of drew dancing to it's going down while he was at mizzou as to once said that's my quarterback.
0: Tio also said that Peyton Manning and John Elway shouldn't be on the NFL top 100 players list or um, whatever it was.
2: He said that this year?
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm out on Tio. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's easy to be out on him.
0: Uh, but Drew, I mean, yeah. I have lots of ideas for like content with Drew. Mm. I'm hoping that he's not too big for the Broncos to <laughs> let me do fun things. <laughs> <with him anyway. laughs> All right, next one's for Mr. Undrafted. If we let Chris go on free agency, do you guys see worth it trading up to number three and drafting Jeff Okuda? You guys said it's a deep draft for linemen and wide receivers, and we have the draft capital to move up and drive, draft a solid cornerback to replace Chris this year. We don't have a good track record for taking a CB in the third round. Just wanted your thoughts on Okuda.
2: If you're trading up to three, it's got to be for Oh my gosh. Why? Chase Young. It's got got to be for him, and that obviously doesn't make sense to trade all that capital for an edge guy.
0: Right. You know who – so we've talked a lot about Chris Jones. Mm -hmm. One guy we haven't talked about who's also going to be available is Eric Armstead Yeah. on the 49ers. Another just freak.
2: He is. He's tall. He's big. Yes, he is. He
0: is – he would be the most – he would be the first guy off the bus if he joined the Broncos. (laughs) He would be. (laughs) Just saying – I have no issues with them
2: backing up the Brinks truck for an interior defensive lineman. You wonder – I just wonder if Vic's going to say, let's give all of our resources to the offense. Let's give it to Shermer. I can man – me and Mike Purcell can man the defense.
0: Mm, I don't know. Next one's from Nick Scott. I know I'm definitely the oddball on the Pop-Tart thing, but like I said, I prefer the Great Value ones. Yeah, we're just going to forget you ever said (laughs) that. Maybe it's because that's what I grew up on, but they're what I like. Every morning from fifth grade to when I moved to college, I had one of the following breakfast meals. Cereal waffles with peanut butter and syrup, toast with peanut butter and syrup, eaten exactly like a waffle, and either strawberry Pop-Tarts dipped in chocolate milk or chocolate fudge Pop-Tarts dipped in white milk. Make fun of me if you want. I can handle it. That would be fine if you were using the name brand Pop-Tarts. <laughs> but the great value, it might be a great value and not a great taste. <laughs>
2: I'll, t- I'll take your word.
0: Now on to football. One issue I see with not giving Munchak really good linemen to work with is that I'm guessing at some point he's going to get more head co- coach opportunities and he will leave. When that happens, I'd rather uh, him leave us a really talented offensive line and not a makeshift line that he made look good. Have a good one, fellas.
2: Yeah, I don't think you should worry about giving like letting Mike Munchak succeed because he's going to leave.
0: No, he's saying if you don't give him better linemen, he's going to leave. Oh, so you should give him. Well, no, actually he's saying if you don't give him better linemen, he's going to create this makeshift offensive line. Then he's going to leave. And then you're going to have nothing to
2: work with for some, you know, Joe Schmo, who's now coaching your offensive line. Gotcha. Here's the good thing. Mike Munchak's going to stay with the Broncos for a long time. He came here not because of the Broncos, but because of family. So you just better hope that family enjoys Denver. Yeah,
0: it's just like, is dealing with Garrett Bowles worth
2: loving your family? (laughs) It's a tough question. Just just get him an offensive lineman in the first <laughs> round. Next one coming in from T Meeks. Yo, fellas, the famous line as Wesley yells as he's tumbling down the hill to Buttercup and Princess Bride is, as you wish. Surprise, Mace didn't know that one. Keep up the great work and pump for more great off-season pods. Thanks, Teamings, for reminding me. And we have a few other people reminding us, too.
0: It's too bad that Mace wasn't here to defend himself on that one. I'm <laughs> sure he would have had a good reason. Uh, from the Real Links, banana nut muffins are the best breakfast food known to man. Your take, Zach.
2: Um, probably not, no. Not even a no. top <laughs> five muffin? Uh, 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 no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever reach for a banana nut muffin.
0: Chocolate chip muffins. Um, have you ever had like the apple crisp muffins from Costco? No, but it sounds really good. Oh, they drizzle like this maple thing mm-hmm. over it. Incredible. Yep. Blueberry. Uh blueberry muffins. Poppy lemon? Or poppy seed? I once heard a story uh from one of my teachers now, maybe they were just doing heroin, but they said <laughs> in high school or in college they were on the track team and they loved eating poppy lemon muffins mm-hmm. every Busted, morning huh? and got popped <laughs> no pun intended for Heroin. <laughs> or opio opium. Yep,
2: yep. Yep. I've heard I've heard poppy seeds can do that. I think you have to be eating a lot of them, so maybe it was the heroin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um trying to think of other I I wouldn't eat a banana I wouldn't eat a banana nut muffin unless it was the last muffin <laughs> on the table and there was nothing else to yeah, eat. Yeah, I think so. Nothing against it. Like, but banana nut muffin isn't even the best bread item made from bananas. It's just banana bread.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're not throwing nuts in there, are they? Some people do, and that's just
0: straight banana bread. That's the good stuff. Yep. Um, should have said they should have played sweet victory at halftime in the Super Bowl. These are all facts that people need to accept and move on with. Yeah, I mean, definitely play sweet victory at the Super Bowl every year, in my opinion. By the way, it was all a blur with Peyton and so so much happening that I want to ask people who actually know. What happened with no Moreno again? I feel like he did really good, was looking great at running back, and then Monte Ball happened, then he disappeared, and I think it had to do with injuries, but what? Anyways, there's confusion in a paragraph. Love the last two classics. Have a great day. <laughs> No, Sean was just a free agent, right? And they just let him walk?
2: I think so, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he never really lived up to that. He he had the flashes, but never lived up to the first round pick.
0: Nope. Uh, Mike Hawk chimes <laughs> in and says, Mike Hawk also <laughs> enjoys
2: banana nut muffins. Of course you would. The banana and the, the nuts in there. It makes sense, Mike Hawk. Uh, Oh my cock again he says yes my cock was a little twisted up last night the name change came to me through a blurry cloud of vanilla porter and burnt pop tart smokes you tell me this isn't your real name that's disappointing but honestly the whole pop tart and fruity pebble combo came about when I was a kid my breakfast before school normally consisted of a bowl of cereal and a pop tart I have never been the type to be awake and on time in the morning. So, henceforth, I was always in a rush to get out the door, and my only option was to eat as fast as I can. Let me tell you, scooping up a pile of mushy, fruity pebbles with a Pop-Tart and taking a bite was by far the most efficient method of ingestion. I'll stop making too many excuses, though, as I probably ha- do have a few other unorthodox combinations of food that yet are to be explored on this podcast. The continuation and journey of my cock shall continue in- into the dark abyss. <laughs> well, it will as soon as I resubscribe later this week once I get my paycheck, being that today is the last day of my first year subscription, Okay. I'm down with the Cocoa Puffs and S'mores Pop-Tart Combo. I'll definitely try that ASAP. Cocoa Krispies. Cocoa Puffs would roll right off. <laughs> now, to my ob- ob- obli- obligated? Obligated. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Obligated Broncos <laughs> question. What changed for McMahon this year compared to last year? Y'all loved him last year, but he definitely took a big step back in 2019.
0: Uh, we only loved him because he was different than Broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, which actually could be a cautionary tale uh, between um, Rich Scangarello and Pat Shermer. Right. This just, is the special teams version of that. Broccolivo different? Right. Well, Brock Olivo came in. He was the young guy, rookie coordinator. He sucked. You got Tom McMahon. You're like, this guy's done it a million times. Yep. He also sucks. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but he's still around. Yes. Yes, he is.
0: <laughs> um, next one's from mile high 808. Very tempted to try that concoction from Mike Hawk. (laughs) Uh, What's the deal with the Rams? Can they stop poaching defensive coaches from us? Anyway, you think anyone on the staff will move into the OLB coach role? Or who do you think – do you think they should look at someone off the street or whatever
2: we're calling it now? Do you wear? (laughs) Yeah. That didn't really work last time, so I don't think you're going there. I think they will look – Real
0: quick, we mentioned at the top, but just to circle back. The Rams hired Brandon Staley as their defensive coordinator. Uh, this move was kind of glossed over. I I really don't like that move for the Rams,
2: so I'll uh, just say that. It, not that I don't like Brandon Staley. I just think it's a weird move. They're going purely high upside. They're hoping that he is the next Vic Fangio because he spent three years with Vic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Go from Wade Phillips to Brandon Staley? Yeah. Probably Sean McVay thinking I didn't connect with that old guy. Let me get a young guy in here. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't think that's going to work out for them. I yeah. I think it was a shock for everyone. Yes. <laughs> um, who should
0: they hire? I, I've heard um, Chris Beek, who's already on the staff, will be considered. Maybe there's someone from the outside. Hey, they've done it before. Maybe they just don't have an, off- an outside linebacker's <laughs>
2: okay. coach. If you're ever going to do that with Vic Fangio as your head coach, you're probably okay. That That's something I'm not worried about at all. Maybe I should be worried about it, but I'm not. I'm not either. Next one coming in from Bobby Lanks. Good day, gents. I love the offseason. Last night, I was listening to the outstanding debate about the best Pop-Tart flavor. I have to side with RK on this one. Cha-ching. While obtaining the life essentials for the misses a.k.a. diaper run. I got so distracted and enthralled by the debate, I somehow ended up leaving with two boxes of Hot Pockets and some more Pop-Tarts. Once home, the missus asked, where are the diapers? Try explaining this to, this one to the wife on how a debate about ravioli, Pop-Tarts, calzones, and Hot Pockets swayed your attention enough to come home with my favorite childhood snacks and no diapers. Did I say I love the off-season? Thank you for getting through it. Damn. Oh, that's awesome. Damn, bro. Tell your wife we're sorry. I, I feel like she did, should be happy with the Pop-Tarts, though, right? Maybe. But shes <laughs> I don't think she's pregnant anymore. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and Pop-Tarts prob- probably aren't changing any uh, diapers. No. They might force you to change them. <laughs> the Hot Pockets are probably going to create more diaper changes. <laughs> for, it, for people that wear Depends. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're sorry to your wife. But thanks for riding with us. (laughs) From World of Suck, with all the cap space Elway has to work with this offseason, I imagine the front office will consider the possibility that they may be able to give Simmons or Chris Harris the money they need to stick around by front-loading a contract. With those thoughts in mind, my ideal Simmons contract looks something like this. Three years, 38 mil, 28 mil guaranteed. 2020, 10 mil plus an 8 mil bonus. 2021, 10 mil. 2022, 10 mil non-guaranteed. The bright spot for Simmons is that this deal is that in 2020, oh sorry, is that this in 2020 would be nearly four times as lucrative for him as his entire rookie contract. That's hard to pass up. What do y'all think? Is this a type of roster manipulation
2: smart, would it work? I personally like the roster manipulation. I don't think Justin's taking a 3-year deal. I think it's got to be especially with just 2 years guaranteed, it's got to be 3 full years guaranteed and then yeah a fourth.
0: Love Thunder Down Under says, I bet Mike Hawk also loves Phil Asio. (laughs) Heard those two are good friends. I get
2: get it now. Thanks for (laughs) reading that one. Next one from Southern Steve. Does Vic have anyone in mind for for replacing Brandon Staley? Also, what is the status of Coach McMahon and our punter? We definitely need to find a new punter in the later rounds of the draft. Instead of a Pop-Tart, how about a toasted blueberry bagel with cream cheese? Thanks for keeping the offseason fun and interesting. Those are just, like, two different things. Yeah. It's like, oh, I really like cereal. And uh, they're like, well, have you tried oatmeal? Oh, yeah. It's like, instead of spaghetti, why don't you have chicken parmesan? <laughs> right. like, well, you can have both. Or
0: it's actually more like, instead of spaghetti, why not have a burrito? Right. <laughs> right. It's two different categories of the same <laughs> yeah. food um, time of the day. I really like blueberry bagels. So, yeah, sure. Actually... Remember when I said the only thing that's good about blueberries is blueberries? Like, I like blueberries themselves. Yeah. I forgot about blueberry muffins and blueberry bagels. No go. Those are actually better than just regular Mm -hmm. blueberries.
2: Yeah. I really like... I like those. I like all three. But I would still go with something else. Not a blueberry bagel. Blueberry bagel
0: would probably be like 10th or 12th on my list of bagels that I would choose. Disrespectful.
2: Sorry. That's disrespectful. Next one from Negative False Positive. Is this... Mace chiming in with a negative? (laughs) RK, I believe you said you like to cook and you're doing keto. Do you have any good recipes for cutting carbs? I find a smoker handy for that purpose, obviously for meat, but also makes vegetables like peppers and tomatoes more interesting, maximizes the flavor of the minuscule sugar uh, allotment. How about a smoked Pop-Tart? I will have to try that. Which Pop-Tart would be the best smoked? S'mores. Probably. It already has this, you know, you try to get the smoky flavor in a s'more. Probably. At least the char flavor.
0: I just don't think it's going to be good. It's not going to be good. Like, smoked bread wouldn't be
2: good either. Right. Could you imagine? Smoked cheese, that's good. Could you imagine spending like three hours on smoking a Pop Tart? (laughs) 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 He'd be smoking something else
0: first. (laughs) I think he would be. (laughs) Um, Keto recipes. So, here's a thing that makes. I don't know. I'm weird in this sense. I think I'm good at keto because I'm not that picky. So like like a chicken breast in the pan and some Brussels sprouts, I'm happy. Chicken breast in the pan and some broccoli, I'm happy. Now, I do love a great meal, and we talk about food all the time on this, but I'm very easily um, just, you know what I mean. I'm very easily satisfied with a meal. <laughs> as long as it's got some hot sauce, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be all right. Uh, but here is my – when I'm like – getting a little sick of that stuff i'll go with the keto tacos which i've talked about mm-hmm. on here before yeah you just make a pile of cheese a uh, sharp cheddar i've learned is the best for this you put it in the oven or not even a pile a circle you put okay. it in the oven it all melts together into a circle you take it out you hang it over like um like a wooden spoon between you, t- you put a, a wooden spoon you balance it between two glasses you hang the cheese over that make sure you have a paper towel on there for the drip <laughs> then you leave it there for like five minutes it turns into a taco shell made out of cheese then you put ever whatever, whatever else you would want in a taco you put that sometimes i make a little like cream cheese spicy
2: sauce to yeah. drizzle over there yeah that sounds pretty amazing
0: it's good. The first time I had it, I was like, this is better than regular tacos. <laughs> I, bet. I had been deprived of ta- real tacos for a long time when
2: I thought that. So you take a real taco?
0: Yes. A okay. hundred times out of hundred. Oh, okay. But the first time, it's like beginner's luck or something. It really, I was like, I don't know why
2: every taco shell isn't made out of cheese. <laughs> it's a good question. It's heavy. But Next delicious. one coming in from the Count Locula. Why don't they make every play challengeable? Give each coach two challenges for the game, unrelated to timeouts. Set a ninety-second timer under the hood. This would not slow down the game dramatically. Also, if you had, th- if you if you three had to give up all but one of the following, what would it be? Meat, alcohol, cheese, sugar, bread. Which one would you keep over the rest? So you get to keep two.
0: I mean, I'm currently. Get- Already giving up two of these things, <laughs> sugar and bread, yeah, um, so I guess those are the ones I would choose uh, Alcohol would probably be the easiest thing here. it just wouldn't make you lose weight as much right um meat I've already done that too. I did it for um uh, six and a half years, I believe, yeah, so the only ones i've actually well uh, and then I also gave up alcohol for like the first fifteen years of my <laughs> life, <laughs> maybe fourteen um. So the only thing I've never given up here is cheese.
2: Yeah. And I think I could. Just, I, think, I think you could too. Yeah. Um, I think I could give all of them up. Sugar would be my toughest one. Yeah. I
0: found that there are ways to have things that taste sweet without having sugar. That's true. That's true. Is is so a I could probably really do important part of doing <laughs> yes. keto. Yes. Because that's the thing I crave the most while doing keto. Mm. Um. What's the one you would keep over the... For me now, it would be meat. That's the one I really wouldn't want to give up, but uh, it's because I already did it for so long. Yeah, probably sugar for me. All right. Maybe cheese. I don't know. Um, The Big Tabaski chimes in and says, what a second part to this question. Can't wait to hear these answered. Hint, vegans still have fun, or so they tell me. <laughs>
2: but you've been doing the,
0: uh, the vegetarian thing kind of off and on.
2: A little bit. Yep, yep. I just try to avoid it. Maybe have it like once. I mean... Without Broncos games, now I can do it a lot better.
0: I got a Snapchat, but I never really understood. Uh, how did your girlfriend
2: react to the new age cook <laughs> comment? She had no idea what that meant. And I said, no, 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 it, it was a good thing. And so she had no idea. So she had to reach out to you to find out She what it reached meant. out to me and said, what does that
0: mean? And I said, uh, you just don't use, and like, you cook with things that people weren't cooking with in the year 2000. <laughs>
2: And then I think she felt good about that.
0: Yeah. She said, some, oh, I forget what she responded with. I, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, the next one's from the Danimal who says, guys, I haven't gotten to listen to Friday's podcast yet, but wanted to take a second to give props to big John on the 33rd anniversary of the drive, his 98 yard game tying drive in the 8, the 90, 1986 AFC championship. The Broncos website has a great video posted of it. That includes some great footage of Mr. B on the sidelines and his trademark fur coat. Definitely check that out. Have a great weekend,
2: Danimal. Hope you had a great weekend, Danimal. and Hope you got hat- around to Friday's podcast, too. <laughs> another hat tip to John Elway. The Big Tabowski, I'm wetting myself with laughter here. Zach Stout dis- discrediting of Aaron Rodgers' abilities and Mace cutting him down with it because he's a freaking Hall of Famer. Zach versus Rodgers quickly escalating out of control. I love it. Makes me laugh every week. It's so outrageous that it's side-splitting funny. Keep it coming, Zach. Don't open your eyes. <laughs> uh, uh, here here's what I'm gonna say. Aaron Rodgers is going to look like the guy I think he is this coming weekend.
0: I'm of the belief that Aaron Rodgers is the only person left in the playoffs that can beat Patrick Mahomes. <sighs> Except for Derrick Henry. God, I hope you're right. I just think you're gonna be so <laughs> wrong. Um I hope Derek Henry – what was it this week? Did he go for 190 or was it just 180? 195. Oh, my God. I hope he goes for 295. Mm, that'll get it done, I think. But I just think no one – it's weird. People – maybe they are. It just doesn't look like it to me. They have, no team has decided yet, like, no matter what, let's just go zero coverage every single time, make Ryan Tannehill beat us. No chance we're letting Derek Henry get past the line of scrimmage.
2: Yeah. No. I, th- I think that's what the Chiefs are going to do. Chiefs are only seven and a half point favorites. That shocks me. They, I say. They,
0: their last three quarters, they outscored their team by 44 points. That's
2: impressive. That's impressive.
0: Um, really close last night. I thought the Seahawks were going to get a chance. And if they did, you would have been probably doing a victory lap. Yeah, too. I
2: would have loved that. Big Tabalski chimes in again says, Dishwasher salmon is quite common. I've eaten it before. Cooks it perfectly. Just make sure it's sealed well. Yeah, I've always said that. You wrap it in like
0: four or five layers of tin foil. I
2: think this is just all a joke.
0: Nope, it's not. <laughs> Gun Gun says, I'm so happy we're revisiting dishwasher salmon. What's the weirdest thing you guys have ever done for sustenance? Dishwasher salmon excluded. My sister loves grapes with ketchup. And that is disgusting. It is indeed quite (laughs) disgusting. Please comment heavily so I can embarrass her in front of people. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. That's very weird. So this definitely happened. She was having a burger and fries and then grapes were also on the plate. The grape Mm -hmm. rolled into the ketchup. She said, F it. I'm eating it anyway. And she was like, this is actually good. That's Patrick Mahomes-esque.
2: It's very Patrick Mahomes-esque. So she must be a fan of number 15.
0: Oh, he was scary good in that those last three quarters. Gosh, yeah, he was. Um, and I mean, that's the other thing: is early on during that twenty-four-zero lead, they're dropping everything. Like yeah. it shouldn't have been that much of a blowout. Yeah. It wasn't that he was bad. No, 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 no. Actually, he did have one really bad throw. Yeah. <sighs> Grapes with ketchup.
2: Gross. <laughs> uh, Va Beach Broncos says, "As you wish." You knocked. You knocked it out of the park, Ryan. You got right. it. Thank you. Next one, negative, false, positive again. How would you innovate the evaluation process? How would you prevent the Paxton Lynch type picks? There must have been friends, family, teachers, or ex-girlfriends that knew he had a bit of a lazy bone. There must be some kind of personality test. With all that money at stake, what can be improved? Better gut instincts? Talk to the guy? Right, and they did. Which That's is what mind-blowing me. because, Ryan, not to be mean, but... I knew from the first couple minutes of talking to him. How about Carlos Henderson? Oh, boy. That one, they just had the worst intel on. Wasn't Vance Joseph's brother his head coach? His uh, position coach. Oh. It feels like he was getting back at him for something. <laughs> yes, as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> he got a better birthday present.
0: Like, the con- like, it's, I don't mean to be mean, but, like, that one, Paxton Lynch, there's another one that we could certainly point to. Of guys who are just like, you talked to this person for 15 minutes?
2: And then used a high draft pick on him? And said like, oh, yeah, we need that guy on our team. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, so I don't know how you improve that. I guess just trust those conversations more. Then think about when you,
0: when you first talked to Bradley Chubb. Think about when you first talked to Cortland Sutton. Think about when you first talked right. to Philip Lindsay. Right. You're like, oh, man, these guys, yep. they, they got it. They <laughs> yep. got it.
2: Yep, it's easy. Just trust that.
0: Demarcus Walker is another one. He doesn't he, – it's not that he was like, wow, this guy is dumb. Right. He, I don't think he is. Yeah. It was just like mm, – Just maybe a little off. Doesn't – yeah,
2: God. Next one coming in from Uppercut of Justice. So, NFL Twitter got dumb and maybe a little racist after the Ravens lost. No real need for you guys to necessarily comment on that, but I am commending Mace for clapping back against dumb and maybe a little racist takes with with valiance and thoughtfulness. I didn't see this. Thankfully,
0: I mean, I think that uh, I don't want to get too far. There's a lot of things that could be considered veiled racism when it comes to talking about quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson. Okay. Okay. I'll have to go check out Mace's tweet. It it was just so dumb because all these people who were dunking on Lamar Jackson last year had to shut up for a whole season and they were unequivocally proved wrong. Yeah. And then they thought they could come back out and dunk on him again. And it's like, no, man. You are still definitely wrong. (laughs)
2: Yes, 100%. Next one coming in from Black Hills. In regards to Vic's two-and-a-half-hour practices in the preseason, that's a ton of accumulated volume for speed and power athletes, even if they're not active the whole time. These guys are packed with fast twitch muscle fibers and explosiveness, both of which are diminished by practicing for two-and-a-half hours a day in addition to their speed and conditioning work. With that being said, it's not a surprise the guys who rely on quickness and speed as their signature skills, Vaughn, Lindsey, Chris Harris Jr., etc., seem like they were always one step behind or one shoelace away from making big plays, particularly in the first quarter of the season. Vic's old-school approach is great, but I think he's got to cut his practice time in half if he wants to keep his guys quick and fast. Sounds like Black Hills might be like a personal trainer or someone. (laughs) He used a lot
0: of words there. It sounds like it. (laughs) Um Man, I hope so. I just, I think he did go a little overboard. Maybe Pat Shermer is a guy who can come in. He's been a head coach too. Mike Munchak has also been a head coach. Maybe like collectively, they're like, hey, man, you're, we're already not that fast on offense and you're, we're wearing down these guys a little bit. But shouldn't they have that data? Because they have, yes. they track everything. Absolutely. So shouldn't, if that's true, if what Black Hills is saying is true, shouldn't they be able to say, man, look, um, Practice one of the season. Philip Lindsay was averaging this speed. Right. By the last practice of training camp, he was already down
2: half a mile per hour or whatever it is. Right. They should be able to know if that's the truth. Yes, I completely agree. Next one from Craig L. I'm calling it now. First three hour pod. Wow, what a surprise Here's that the, was. The uh, threshold. Now we're in the kangarello <laughs> yep. talk. Yep. What a surprise that was. Such a brave and depending, such a brave and depending on higher good decision. You've been saying all season you don't think Vic is enamored with Skang's play calling, and I think he's got John to go with him. Don't want to see people lose their jobs, but it's a business of the NFL. And although stability is great, stability with the wrong guy is bad. This could be a great for the Broncos' offense now for special teams.
0: Good point. And before we go too much further into this, I want to get into uh, Green Mountain Dental. As you may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. All you got to do is take care of your teeth, and Green Mountain Dental Group will hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. All right, now
2: the Scangarello comment Marathon can commence. <laughs> with Bronco Nugs. Now, with Pat Shermer, I think this offense has a really high ceiling. Ceiling. With that word said, of the day. <laughs> it is. With that said, Ryan, Oh, thanks. do you think we can stack up with the Chiefs offense now if we get rugs and an offensive line? I got to think about this one. It's tough. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. I no, mean, no, no. I mean, he pretty much said, "If we get an elite wide receiver and a full offensive line, though, can that still not do it?"
0: Sorry, I kind of ignored the last half of the comment. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: I mean, they're they're the they're the best. Mm. I mean, so it's it's hard to really. I still think okay,
0: elite offensive line, two elite wide receivers, a very good running game a solid tight end or solid to very good tight end i think you can have enough offense to
2: then if your defense plays a really good game you can win i agree i agree it's and it's not bad to say that they can't be the chiefs offense no one can be the chiefs offense right now
0: man there was a second there where i was i was prepping a tweet where i was going to say and i'm so glad i didn't tweet cuz you tweeted and it came back to bite you. I didn't tweet anything because I, I didn't feel comfortable about it. I was just waiting to tweet. The Broncos outscored the two teams in the uh, AFC championship game, something like 47 to 24.
2: Yep, yep. Oh, I had two fire tweets ready to go after that <laughs> game, and I didn't get to use them.
0: Uh, I will say this, though. Congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs. They've officially passed Joe Flacco on the all-time playoff wins list.
2: <laughs> oh, Wow. Wow, good for them. Yep, big, big. As an organization,
0: as an organization, all time, eleven playoff wins. Joe Flacco, ten. Oh wow, wow, that says it all. (laughs) 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 Got to get him in. You got to get the jabs in now. They certainly have to. (laughs) Um, from Bronco Brawler. Hey guys, you've referenced needing to get a quality corner for next year, but it's possible that they move Kareem to corner again. I know they didn't even play him there this year, but I feel like he and Callahan, if he even exists, and Bosby would be good enough core. They could use the money to fill other needs. Keep up the good work, guys. It's it's an option for sure. Um, he's a very good corner. But you, Vic, when they originally got him, envisioned him playing safety in this defense. And when he did, he was a missile. He was as much of a game wrecker as you can really be from the safety position. I, I don't think they are going to they're going to move away from that. And
2: I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like it at all because then in his third year, he's probably moving back to safety. Just keep him in one spot because at the end of the season, Vic said Kareem still has things to work on at safety. So, Let him settle in there. Rob says, You guys may beat me to the punch discussing the Pat Schirmer hire, but how does this impact the concerns you had with the Broncos offense under Scangarello? Does Schirmer have easier play calls? Does he run a West Coast-style offense, similar to what Drew Locke already knows? Or will Locke be starting from scratch? I'm interested to hear your take on how this will change the Broncos offense from this season and how you think it will impact Locke's development.
0: We've talked about a lot of this. The one thing I will say is I don't don't know uh, about the play calls. Uh, Like I said, it's rooted in the West Coast offense. But I don't know if he's – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Evolved into realizing that you have to shorten things down for these guys these days
2: oh man i hope so me too i hope so next one from oklahoma bronco 58 let's just hope that the chiefs end up being a recreation of marino's dolphins and never win a super bowl because a world where the chiefs win the super bowl is not a fun world get ready for it not to mention two of my roommates are huge chiefs fans so that only increases the misery i would feel so i will i say this with every ounce of might that i have let's go titans also who do y'all got in the natty tomorrow i personally think that lsu is on another level this year after watching them score or torch my sooners 35 to 31 lsu ps bring cd to denver he's actually more in play now i i might
0: have to move him above lavisca on my broncos wide receiver list i would agree with that um who do you got tonight lsu i there's i mean i believe in clemson and i think that clemson has some things that lsu does not have and i think it is going to be a good game but mm, i just can't pick against clemson they're a well-oiled
2: machine so you're picking clemson i can't pick against lsu they're a well-oiled machine well just because of that i'm i'm picking the team that has never lost with their starting quarterback i'll go clemson just so we disagree it's hard for me to pick against cu (laughs) but i'm doing it that's true next one from dan burke just wanted to toot my horn real quick for calling the scangrella firing and Shermer hiring on here the other day it made a ton of sense to me back then and i'm glad it actually happened yeah huge shout out to dan burke left a comment uh in this just last week calling this
0: i was so blindsided by it that i didn't even remember that that ever happened (laughs) yeah
2: so huge shout out to dan burke
0: ohio bronco 70 pat Shermer, let's go He's definitely going to get Drew Locke to his full potential with his big three of mentors, L.A., Peyton, and Shanahan. Now for some off season comments. A Pop Tart is definitely sweet ravioli. That's a third <laughs> I thought right there. Disagree? The top three of Pop Tarts are one s'mores, yes, two ice cream. Oh, wait. Are s'mores at one, ice cream sundae at two, and cinnamon brown sugar at three. There you go. Chipotle is pronounced Chipotle. <laughs> that is correct. Chipotle that's so wrong It's
2: easier it you don't have to like you know hit all these vowels and stuff just chipotle chipotle yeah chipotle right
0: we're on the same page you're coming up with some hybrid there they serve where you go where you're talking about they serve spaghetti burritos (laughs) because it's got a little uh french to it or italian italian yes question who is your closest drew Locke comparison
2: Hmm, probably like a combo of Peyton, Tom, and Mahomes. <laughs> honestly,
0: for me, it's actually Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, yeah, a good Aaron Rodgers, we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, that, that makes sense because he's, he's mobile. He can run. He can run very effectively, but he's not a runner. But strong arm, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, we don't know how good Drew's going to be, but a, a very, very likable... Aaron Rodgers. How
0: about that? <laughs> yeah. An Aaron Rodgers who talks to his family. <laughs>
2: yes, who's actually liked by people. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, that reminds me of, a, of another thing that uh, um, I, for, I was thinking about in all these layers with the Pat Shermer hire. Mm. Some people are reporting that Pat Shermer loved Drew Locke. Yep. Dave Gettleman, after they drafted Daniel Jones, said of all the quarterbacks, Pat loved Daniel Jones the most. That made the pick easy for us. Okay. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. If they picked Drew Locke at six, I would have been like, wow, okay, they really love him. That makes sense, though. He's he's awesome. Right. I can't defend Daniel Jones.
2: I don't think anyone was defending that.
0: And he, Like, even after he had, like, what, four good games, which shocked me. Four more than I ever thought he did. Me too. Um <laughs> I was still just like, yeah, I don't know about it. And then he really came back down to earth. Maybe, I just think his ceiling is Andy Dalton.
2: I think he has a, a little higher of a ceiling, but it caught everyone off guard. Everyone. I really hope that he comes here and tells us,
0: man, Gettleman was off his damn rocker. <laughs> I said, Drew Locke, Drew lock, Drew lock, and all he could hear was David Jones, David Jones, David Jones. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great? uh next one from defender 96 oh well this is for mace but mace is gonna be gone for a while so we'll talk about it from uh mace if a sandwich is defined by its two distinct slices of breadness what the hell am i eating at subway
2: (laughs) and rob says a bread taco
0: (laughs) (laughs) um see i don't i'm not a believer in that like I, that, that's like Mace's main defense, but this is the great comeback for it. Mm. I don't think that, that it has to have two slices of bread to be a sandwich. I think that it needs to not be a hot dog. A hot dog <laughs> is a hot dog. A sandwich is a sandwich. So as long as it's not a hot dog, it's a sandwich. What about this? Is it defined by sliced meat? Mm. Is there anything we're calling a sandwich that doesn't have sliced... Or like, I guess there's like a chicken breast... Does a chicken breast count as sliced meat? No. So then that doesn't that doesn't right, do it. Right. There's definitely a chicken sandwich where it's just chicken breast on, on the sandwich.
2: Right. But yeah, Subway blows his his take apart.
0: I don't know. That, uh, I can't reference the exact case, but there is a case about what is porn, <laughs> what defines porn, and what they ended up deciding in this case was you know it when you see it. <laughs> okay. Uh,
2: uh, uh, uh. Is it was that the legal?
0: Yes, that was the legal, oh that, was, that was the legal uh, conclusion they came to. You know it when you see it. What's a sandwich? You know it when you see it.
2: <laughs> Pretty much, I would agree. And with a that. hot dog is not one of it. <laughs> Ozzy says, "Hey, fellas, how could I not weigh in after the shocking turn of events regarding the change of offensive coordinator? One, Ilan suspected that Vic wasn't sold on Scangarella or the offensive scheme." What transpired on Sunday seems to confirm my suspicion. I think it's great news that Elway appears to be empowering his head coach. While I don't believe this factored into the decision to fire Skanks, it's worth noting that if the Broncos had a great offensive turnaround in 2020, that Skangarello would likely be a top candidate for a head coaching job. With Shermer and his poor track record as a head coach, even if the offense grows by leaps and bounds, we don't have to worry about other teams trying to poach him off the staff. This may prove to be a better choice long-term for the Broncos. Shermer has a solid history of playing to his quarterback strengths and making mediocre quarterbacks look good. I get excited about the possibilities of pairing him with a quarterback as talented as Drew Locke.
0: There's probably a good answer to this, and I I need to um, research it to realize who it is, but... off the top of your head, who's the best quarterback that Pat Shermer's ever had? Of course, Eli is a fringe Hall of Famer, but we all know that Eli's really limited. And he was at the end of his career. Sam Bradford? Again, <laughs> we're talking about marginally good quarterbacks here. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, he. Nick Foles, he did magic with. Case Keenum. With
2: Case Keenum, he won. Pat Shermer won. Uh, the Pro Football Writers Assistant Coach of the Year. Because of what he did with yep. Case Keenum. But I'm like going through, and you have to go back. I
0: mean, who is the best quarterback he's ever worked with? And it's just not coming to me right away. There might be a really good one. I haven't thought of it. But it might be Drew Locke is what I'm saying.
2: It very well could be. It could be. And that, that was a big sell for him taking this job. Two, I have pondered this for a while now, and now is as good of a time as ever to ask, especially if RK is on the pod says he is close to both of these teams. Both off the top of your head, do you know who Vic Fangio replaced as a Bears defensive coordinator in Chicago? Mel Tucker. There we go. Three, or no, there is no three. That's right. CU coach Mel Tucker. So that's my hypothetical question to you, gents, is this. Let's say that CU hired Vic Fangio as head coach and the Broncos hired Mel Tucker as head coach. What would the state of both programs be as we sit here today? Thanks, you guys, for all the work you do. It's so appreciated. I'm not
0: being a homer when I say that the Broncos would be much better off than the Buffs.
2: Why? I think you're, you're Because
0: right. Vic Fangio, I just can't see him hitting the recruiting trail.
2: No, that's the first thing I thought of. No way.
0: So instantly, that kills that. Now, I don't think Mel Tucker is made to be an NFL head coach. I don't think that would be the best – scenario for him, but I do think it would work out better for the Broncos in that scenario than it would for the Buffs. With no disrespect to Vic Fangio, I just really can't see him hopping on a plane to go convince a high schooler to come play for him every day.
2: I don't think he'd want anything to do with that. No. <laughs> Canadian Orange and Blue, do you guys think the Schirmer hiring changes the perspective in the draft?
0: Yes. I do, I do too. In fact, I think it, it elevates wide receiver from first on the list. Two super first on the list.
2: Yep. Last week, I, I was really starting to go back to offensive line. Nope. Henry Ruggs. He's not going to be there. Sorry to tell you. It, another wide receiver then.
0: Someone tweeted at me that like people are putting him in second-round mocks and that he got second-round feedback from the NFL when you're like able to get your feedback because he's a junior. Right. No.
2: Absolutely not.
0: But I will say this. That's what we said about Drew Locke. <laughs> it's very true. So may, I mean, but, uh, I mean I don't think he gets past the Broncos at no, fifteen. I think he's gone at fifteen. Yes. <laughs> Although we are conveniently forgetting about John Elway's hate for Alabama players. or perceived hate, perceived hate. Maybe
2: Kareem Jackson
0: changed his mind.
2: I mean, what? This is ten years. This will be John Elway's tenth year as the GM. And he's never once picked a player from the most successful college program.
0: And I believe 10 years is the exact length of the Alabama dynasty.
2: Yeah. that's yeah, when they really started going. So, how, ha- ha- I mean, yeah, there's a hate there, there's a skepticism, there's a something there. Ruggs
0: would have, to, I would think he would be an exception to the rule. His production is not
2: insane. He was not just fed at all times. He's not an interior guy that was just getting beat up left and right. But hope. if they just pass up on him, then it's going to be like, oh, yeah, of course, he went to Alabama. Like, John Elliott would never draft him.
0: Somehow Judy's there. they pass <laughs> all up <right>. on him. <laughs> So, yeah, um, wide receiver is now super number one on the board. One
2: thing I've noticed this week, multiple mock drafts, putting CeeDee Lamb over Jerry Judy. And I wonder if that's just – mock draft people being silly or if that's something that's going on which would be great for the broncos but just blows my mind um you also probably
0: kill obj to denver
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: unless maybe that's, that's
2: a good point maybe
0: pat Shermer loved obj and gatelman <laughs> just went over his head
2: yeah i'm not sure how many coaches are saying oh, i love that obj guy so
0: there's a lot of time to dive into Shermer. We'll have plenty of time. But I have so many questions about like things, and I just haven't had enough time to get to all of it in the last less than 24 hours. Yep. Um, Andre is currently cooking up the Pat Shermer mm, film room. So love that's going to be huge for read. our subscribers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to see it. You simply cannot go on with your life without knowing <laughs> what Pat Shermer is going to do. It's true. It's 100% true. From Bronco Matt. Wow, guys. Fangio broke up the Denver Mafia by firing gangs. I guess he will sleep with the fishes of unemployment. From what I'm seeing across Twitter world, this should be a good move to support Locke. Yeah, What is Shermer? What is the uh, r- oh. what is the root there?
2: Um, uh, I have no idea. Doesn't even
0: sound like any other names. Shh. There's an S H. What what gets the S H? Vikings
2: from uh is he f- scant from Scandinavia up there? <laughs> uh, like Schlereth. Right. Shermer? I don't know. know. Scheissland? Sh- <laughs> what is that? Iceland with the C or the S-H front. Oh, my S-H God. You're so weird. <laughs> Anyways,
0: first question. What effect do you think this will have on Locke's development? Uh, we've kind of talked about it. Mm-hmm. Two steps back for hopefully 10 steps forward. Yep. Second question. What will it take to stop firing OC coaches every year? This is a bad look around the NFL. And will this new OC be that good for Locke?
2: Yeah, I well, I mean, what it'll take to stop, I guess, not being in the bottom 10 and scoring.
0: <laughs> Last and third question I was thinking about how big of a deal uh, it's made of a thousand yard rush, a thousand rushing yards in a season. However, Terrell Davis rushed for 2,000 yards in a season, which just blows my mind that he is double every running back in the league. Uh, what will it take to soon see another 2,000 yard rusher or have his or have high rushing days ended? love the off season pods. Well, how about this? In his last 8 games, <laughs> 8 half a season, <laughs> Derrick Henry has 1300 rushing yards. <laughs> so he's
2: on pace for 2600. 2600.
0: Oh that is insane. And he's a free agent. And hasn't he now had 3 games of over 180 rushing yards yep. in a row? Yep, in a row. So, we, what is it? You need 60-something
2: to get 1,000 yep. per game. He's tripling it. <laughs> he's on pace for 3,000-yard season <laughs> over his last three games. That is insane. And if, if you're a team, why would you not just give him the ball like this for a whole season next year? I mean, his high school team did it. <laughs> and, he, and he lived through it. And he's fine. Alabama did it. He lived through it. He's living through it now. Yeah, I think Derrick Henry, I think you see it next year. Do you think even Marcus Mariota thinks he sucks? It thinks Marcus <laughs> Mariota sucks. Yeah. I think he has to now. <laughs>
0: oh man, it is insane. Yeah, what he is doing.
2: Yeah, it, the Titans in both playoff games have less than a hundred passing yards. Yeah, that's wild. That is so crazy. Like
0: that is stats from 1958. Yes. Yes. Two hundred rushing yards and eighty passing yards. Do you, I wouldn't never thought that I would have seen that. No, it's crazy. And I just think the Chiefs are going to say, no way, no how. Tannehill, Don't you, you got to beat us.
2: And if Tannehill beats you, okay, Tannehill out Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, like,
0: no chance of that happening. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, but their defense, that's an underrated part of this. It's kind of like the whole Tebow thing, except for Derrick Henry actually right. is putting up gaudy numbers. <laughs> All right. Their defense, and maybe there's a, you know, there's a lot of correlation between running the ball and defense, and actually the Packers would be a good place to point for that too. They changed their offense from just top throw, 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 throw. Yeah. Started running the ball more, and now the defense is a lot better.
2: Yeah. It's really – it's a good point. Next one coming in from Yeti Roar. Well, honestly, didn't expect to see Skangarelli go. Can't say I'm shocked, though, boys. The first question I have after hearing this, though, it, or hearing this, is will Shermer be a solid leader to help develop Locke? I have all the faith possible that Locke could be the guy, not just for 2020, but that's going to take a few things going right. First of those things is Locke being surrounded by the right people to push him to grow where he needs to. Is Shermer superior in this regard to Scangarello? Thanks guys. Love y'all. One thing I loved about Scangarello was
0: his track record of developing quarterbacks. I thought it was really good. Um but Shermer also has a really good track record of that.
2: Yeah. He 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 does, especially with raising like average guys to be really good. Right and
0: I don't think that do can good be guy? right.
2: I don't think that can be used as a knock on him. Like, well, all he's done is take
0: bad quarterbacks and make them good.
2: <laughs> all right, no, it's certainly not.
0: From Shaggy McLovin the third. So obviously, Monday's podcast will be long with the breaking news. So with Pat Shermer being the new OC, who do we target in the draft? Talked about that a little bit. Unfortunately, as much as I agree with Mace and Zach on getting a top <laughs> lineman, uh, love both the LT or the center from Wisconsin. I think we will target a wide receiver. Now you're on the same page as us. What do you think? If we get Chenault, a one-week PFM QB camp with Locke, Sutton, Fant, Lindsey, and Chenault. Ryan can finally get his RPPO offense. They don't all have to be fantastic, but the fact that at any point it could happen would hesitate the defense. I would wait how the draft falls, but maybe we could trade back to 18 or 20 to get Chenault, then trade back into the end of the first to get Biotish. You don't have to do that. And final question, what do you think of the LT from TCU? potential but had injury if so what round do you see for him of healthy probably
2: not day one yeah eh, I,
0: well maybe second round
2: yeah i i agree with that day two um yeah i mean if Levis- if you can get lavisca anywhere but 15 that's so exciting yeah, it is. It is. And, again,
0: LaVisca fits in every offense in the world. Um, if your offense doesn't fit LaVisca Chenault, your offense is terrible.
2: And that's what's good about Pat Shermer is he fits his offense to his players.
0: Yes. Um, he, he's going to spend every day from tomorrow on watching Drew Locke film. What if he just comes back it's like, I didn't want to watch the Drew Locke film from last year. I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to hold anything against him. I just based it off of um, what I thought. No, but um, he's going to watch Drew Locke film. See everything he likes in Drew Locke. Talk to Drew Locke. What does Drew Locke like? Build the offense. That's what Scangarello, I thought he was going to do. And it sounds like Vic Fangio read my column, <laughs> went to Rich and said, okay, what's your plan for the Drew Locke offense? And he was like, what do you mean? I'm running the Rich Scangarello
2: offense. <laughs> and
0: he said, get out.
2: Yeah, I think so. That that could have very well been what happened. I
0: think there's a uh, little more to it, but... <laughs> you need the drew lock offense yes and i I assume that's what pat Shermer said to dave gettleman when they were having their you know kind of exit interview was like you got to let me build the daniel jones offense yeah this was originally designed for uh, uh eli manning now i need to change
2: it to go to daniel jones but yep next one coming in from tater tot tom hi where? What are your go-to meals for the weeknights? How much do you usually spend at the grocery store, and how often do you go to it? My claim to fame was when I won an ice cream eating contest. I ate two pints or 14 scoops in five minutes to win free ice cream for a year. I also ate four slices from Pizza My Heart, Big Giant Slices, in 10 minutes, but did not win anything except free pizza. Whoa. <laughs> I could get in on that, pe- that ice cream eating contest. You don't get brain freezes? Not, not with ice cream. I've uh, conditioned myself.
0: Um, have you ever tried to eat two pints of ice cream no. in five minutes? I, I, I think have you say. get a brain freeze. <laughs> if
2: you get brain freezes, you're getting one. Yeah, you're probably right. Boy, that would be awful to have to fight through a brain freeze. I don't think that's possible. I think that Tater <laughs> Tot Tom doesn't get brain freezes. <laughs> Maybe he puts a little hand warmer at the top of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that's a PED. Um,
0: go-to meals for weeknights. Chipotle. Chipotle.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, <clears throat> I love uh, a rice base, so I mean, kind of like Chipotle. Yep. And uh, throw some so throw some lentils on top. I love Asian anything Asian. I love so some veggies in there. Love it.
0: This is a funny thing. I love Mexican, and other than tacos, I'll I'll make tacos at home. I don't I don't make Mexican food at home. I, I I'm
2: too white. I can't do it. Really. <laughs> I'll tell you what burritos do not translate at home. No, they're like they're My one mom of the used worst to always thing. try to yeah. do that. And yeah. I'm like, mom, <laughs> we don't make burritos. It doesn't work like this. Rice out of the rice maker can't go into yeah. a burrito. It does. Yeah. It's nope. just not good. <laughs> no, nope, it doesn't work. That's I mean, that's why Chipotle's rice is just amazing. It's I could you could just give me like three
0: pounds of that <laughs> and I'll just eat with a spoon. Is that that's not keto friendly. Yeah, uh, sorry for talking about it. It's OK. <laughs>
2: I think I'm over the, the hump. Oh, that only took a week. Yeah. That's not bad. Just one week of torture?
0: Yep, one week, and it's already working wow. like crazy. Keto wow. is crazy, man! It, it works so fast
2: for me. What's it take, like three days to get into ketosis? Two days to get into Two ketosis. Days.
0: Then I accidentally had a mishap. Uh-oh. It was completely an accident. <laughs> oh, like, I wasn't trying to cheat. Mm-hmm. So uh, me and my girlfriend are like, let's just go out for a cocktail. Let's get a drink. And we went, and like the whole drive over, I'm like, "What am I gonna get? So many, so many options." And like, I just forgot I was on keto. I got there, I'm like, "I know what I'm getting." I saw on the menu it was like this um, whiskey mule with Palisade peach bourbon. Oh wow! I was like, "Wow, that that sounds amazing." Get, let me get that. Totally forgot. When did you? Can't realize? have ginger beer. Can't <laughs> have the peaches that they put in there. And I, this is where I get, this is the best part. We went to uh, dinner, and I was like, I want to stay on that whiskey mule grind. <laughs> so I ordered another one, and then I had one sip of it, and I don't know why it hit me then. I was just like, I can't have this.
2: <laughs> but then you had to finish it. No. Right? So no. I had an
0: internal dilemma. I was like, do I, now it's just over. Do I just finish this? I'll just have a cheat meal, yeah. do whatever. And then I'm like, no, no. That's weak-minded. <laughs> I just, I, my girlfriend is like, I'll drink it. I'm like, Awesome. I kept I kept keto for my meal. That's impressive. I just got back on the train. That's impressive. Yeah, but it was really embarrassing. I was just like, "What am I thinking?"
2: It didn't throw you off mentally, though. That's and huge. I had
0: just had a dream the night before that I got drunk, forgot I was on keto, and ate a oh Chipotle burrito. Oh my gosh! Oh
2: my gosh! <laughs> I was like,
0: "Haha, what a funny dream!"
2: And then it basically happened to me in real life, except for I was sober. And then you woke up ten hours later to the reality. Yes
0: uh anyways moving on we spent way more time than we have on that
2: pod on that comment is this one from dnvr for life yes great name says hey guys i just have to say that these pods are that these pods these are the pods that make my subscription and support you all I love being able to feel a part of the conversation. You do a great job. Welcome. Welcome. We love having you. Thank you. On to Broncos. I'm sure you guys haven't talked about the Scangarello firing, but I laugh at coaches' comments after they fire someone. Rich is a bright coach with a great future ahead of him. If his future is going to be great wouldn't you want to keep him around it just makes me laugh last question kind of will all three of you be attending the London game if not and you're only going to get to my vote is Zach in a coin flip between Ryan and Mace before Mace came on Ryan went to every away game and since Mace came on he's the only one to go on away game hashtag Zach to London hey I love you DNBR for life also, we're all three going All right. You don't, <laughs> why didn't you just ask that question and then just let it go after that because he had to show that I'm his favorite Fine. also my all-time favorite breakfast is biscuits and gravy or homemade cinnamon rolls. Are cinnamon rolls breakfast or dessert? Love you all and hope we have a three-hour pod. Dessert. Dessert, but it is acceptable for breakfast. Yeah, for sure. For, like, in a, for a weekend breakfast.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know why I just – while you were saying that, I imagine I'm like up in the mountains. Yep. And just like yep. – like chilling and yep. then there's a roll of cinnamon roll pillsbury cinnamon <laughs> rolls and i'm like that's what i want for breakfast yep exactly
2: yeah, christmas morning yeah maybe
0: yep. yeah yeah i mean how much of a difference is there between cinnamon rolls and like french toast covered in syrup
2: Ugh, yeah none i guess that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: all-time favorite breakfast of, oh did you already said oh yeah you already got to that uh from tom mercury tldr thanks Do you guys really think that Elway consults any of his coaches about roster construction decisions? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, especially Vic Fangio. I
2: mean, he really trusts Vic, so yeah, absolutely with Vic.
0: All right, moving on. The sound guy. To RK, the Broncos are one of the NFL teams he's dating but hasn't given a rose yet. To Zach, the Broncos are a Hot Pocket, edible but not delicious. (laughs) To Mace, the Broncos are are a Hallmark Christmas movie with bad font. What is it? Uh, what is it about learning how the sausage is made that keeps you emotionally disinterested from the team? Are all NFL teams made of sausage? Are some teams made of Wagyu beef? Yeah, some are. Some are. Some are made of that high-quality stuff. I don't think so. No. I think they're all made of sausage.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, they are. It's
0: not. I don't. Mace was the one who said the seeing how the sausage is made thing that makes you um, emotionally disinterested. That's not really what it is for me. That makes me, that definitely made me um, less of a fan of the players because all of a sudden you're just right. They're call you're they're, they're just your colleagues. Yeah. You know you don't they're not this like magical. You start realizing they're all just guys. Right. Who when you're really see, good at football. When you
2: see Von Miller in the locker room, you're not like oh, it's Von Miller. It's right. Like every single time. Right. Well, yeah. you know, I do take a step back and I'm like, ah, about you know, fifty guys surrounding me right now that I'd have gone crazy for ten years ago.
0: Right. Um. So it's not that to me. It's just. Part of it is uh, journalistic instinct, I think, where you're just like I need to be able to separate emotion from my views on the team, and not not always. I think emotion can be good in some uh, in some respects. It's just I just it's just natural. I don't know if it just ha- like you can't hear in the press box. That's one thing. You just start learning these things, and it just I just think naturally you start looking at things at, from a way more analytical scope and from a way more story scope um, than you do from. The scope of like, wow, these guys are so cool.
2: And I don't know how you could uh, cover the team on a daily basis from their headquarters when they have what three straight losing seasons, four straight seasons not make playoffs, and be sane. If 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 you're so emotionally invested in yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, like I just my mood after the games doesn't change. Right, and that's the main thing.
2: We can still laugh on the pods. Exactly. Next one coming in from Rev G. While I was frustrated by the lack of production from the Skang's offensive scheme, I wonder if yet another offensive team Offensive coordinator change with another offensive scheme is a good move. It can't be beneficial to have scrap last year's playbook and start from scratch as a player. Am I wrong for thinking we need some stability and role with the scheme our players can learn well? I've always thought a large part of Tom Brady's success is the stability and consistency he's had in the organization. When the coach philosophy, style, and approach change cons- constantly, it keeps players from mastering the scheme. I'm glad that Shermer isn't a first time offensive coordinator. Looking forward to seeing if this ramps up our offense
0: very much similar to my feelings. It's just that there's a lot of good and a lot of stuff that makes you say Ugh, it's not
2: all good. Right, exactly. And I skipped one. Mr. Undrafted says I might be a little biased as I live in Utah and watched him play a couple times, but I think the Broncos should take Lecky Fotu and the third round is a good defensive tackle. Did I get that right? Sure. He has a great first step, great size, and solid power to shoot gaps and disrupt plays behind the line of scrimmage, which I feel the Broncos have lacked in the last couple of years. What do you guys think? He fills a hole, and I think he should be around in the third. I'd, I'd definitely be okay taking a defensive tackle in the third, and that guy should be a big contributor.
0: I want defensive tackle and free agency. Big, big money on, on defensive tackle. Yeah, you do. Back up the trucks.
2: Yes, you do. It scares uh, me.
0: From Dan Burke, just looking at some personnel trends when Shermer was the OC slash head coach in his previous stops not no doubt a lot of these were also affected by the gms but worth looking into a lot of the drafts tended to be defensive heavy he tended to go very heavy on offense at free agency not afraid to splash big money on o-line if necessary signed riley reif mike remmers and nate solders to significant contract nate solder to significant contracts pretty good at drafting linemen notable names were roger saffold um, john greco mitchell schwartz lane johnson will hernandez pat elfline Who's good as a rookie under Shermer has declined since he left. Very good at scouting and developing tight ends. Chad Lewis was an all pro in Philly with Shermer as his position coach. Jordan Cameron had a Pro Bowl year the year after Shermer left Cleveland, um, but no doubt Shermer laid the foundations for that. Zach Ertz is Zach Ertz. Kyle Rudolph had the best years of his career when Shermer was his position coach in 2016, and then again was his OC in 2017. Evan Ingram looked poised to break out this year, but injuries have held him back. Definitely expects Fant to trend up in a big way next season.
2: It's a a good detail, Dan Burke. He he also adds, also, Shermer's mom is Italian, so y'all don't have to throw out the Mile High Mafia shirts.
0: There we go. There it Uh, is. One thing I will say about – I love hearing that about the tight ends. One thing that we just hadn't got to yet. One thing that I know that he did did with Evan Ingram was just let him be a wide receiver. And maybe that's what he does with Noah Fant. Like, a lot of Noah Fant's – I didn't think of it this way, but a lot of Noah Fant's responsibilities that he's probably not in love with
2: just declined a little bit. Right, right. Exactly. Cause then he can be that, that third wide receiver option. Right. I agree. That's a good point. Next one from onion booty Bronco. I love the concrete. Whoa. I live in the concrete apple and all my giants friends, if you can call them that are poise, pointing and laughing at me in reaction to the Shermer hire. I'm in wait and see mode, but that's not a good comeback. How do I put these metropolitan meatheads in their place? Why is there a high? Why is this a higher Broncos country should be hopeful about? Besides the overhyped, underwhelming, he has the experience thing. One would think after firing Skangs, we would go for the air raid, Patty Mahomes offense. But no, Elway strikes again. P.S. You do not want to know what this homeless man did on the subway this morning. Monday mornings aren't meant to be happy. Forever and always, Onion Booty. Aren't meant to be that happy. <laughs> Um, was he getting in touch with my cock? Oh my God. <laughs> um, the, uh,
0: the thing you tell them is that Pat Shermer is the Wade Phillips of offensive coordinators, not a great head coach, great offensive coordinator. Right. And again, it's Andy Reed doesn't run the air raid. Um, Andy Reed has kind of evolved his own thing based on the strengths of Patrick Mahomes and all of the weapons he has. So you can't really call it the West coast. Either, uh, but
2: it is closer to that than Skangarello. He's, he, he's adaptable, and I absolutely love that about him.
0: From Pig Tosser 66, wow, didn't see this coming. Looks like Vic isn't a big Toy Story fan. He'd rather have his quarterback reading defenses instead of a wristband pre free, free snap. This, mo- uh, <laughs> this move is the right one for so many reasons, but most importantly, Elway is empowering his head coach to get his guys. Fangio has been around a long time, and he knows what he likes and what he doesn't. This is a big step for Elway and a positive one. Skangarello was nowhere near ready for an OC role. LA liked who Skings had learned from and rolled the dice, but it didn't work. I'm so glad to see the team is not forcing players to fit the Shanahan system anymore and is hopefully going to play to the roster's strengths. Uh, That offense is so damn hard to run when you fall behind, and there's no more run threat. It has been a great piece of Broncos history, but I'm glad to see it go.
2: And it does seem like it's gone, and John accepted that.
0: yeah. As long as Shermer lasts, as long as John Elway, it's gone.
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. Pig Tosser also chimes in and says, this move signifies building the offense around Drew. Love it.
0: It's true. Very it's true. true. It's true. From Brent G. Good morning, gents. You guys spoke way too soon about this not having to worry about coaches, coaching <laughs> changes true. thing. Yeah, Zach was like on a hike or something. <laughs> uh, Vic sure pulled a fast one on us with this Pat Shermer move. I, for one, am very excited about this move, and I've heard Drew Locke was a big part in his decision to come here. What do you think the new floor and ceiling is for the offense with Pat at the helm? This news is going to make the pod super interesting this week. Much love, Brent.
2: I, I can't lie if I said that the floor was a bottom 10 offense, just because we've seen that the past five years when they've had a new coordinator. And uh, you just hope, even if it is, that they say, okay, we need to stick with this because it's only going to get better, you know, at least convince themselves that. I think that the ceiling, with all the weapons they have, if they had a wide receiver, why, top 10, why can it not be? Yeah, for sure. Next one coming in from J Harrison, 16 fellas. You go to subway and you get a sub that's considered a sandwich, right? Even though the bread is connected. Why is a hot dog with a bun? Not considered a sandwich is ketchup, a tomato smoothie Are the canned cranberries considered jello. I feel like Zach Galifianakis has, has M the hangover at the poker table right now. Oh, has me at the poker
0: table. I don't know. Um, He's, like, doing – remember when Zach Galifianakis is at the poker table and, like, yep, all the – that's yep, what he's saying. Yep. He's, like, trying right, to figure right, everything right. out. Uh, yeah, I, the connected bread thing, it doesn't work. It's not, it no. does, it's
2: not the end-all be-all. It's just like porn, right? Sandwiches, <laughs> sandwich is porn. You know it when you see it. Uh, Bach and Bronco, I know you guys have already went off about this, but I just want to say that I hate the move. Let us gangs have another shot. It was his first time calling plays. So it's too... Uh,
0: it's not nuanced enough to say, like, you should have given... like If you were going to roll with Skings, you needed to give him more time. Because I actually agree with that. The, you have to uh, include the new information. The new information is that Pat Shermer is available and Vic Fangio really wanted him. Yep. And so while I agree that Rich Kangaro still could have had success over time, it's you ended up new information came about they went a different direction
2: yep exactly in elway we trust hey guys i'm fully prepared to eat my words formerly known as in elway we rust i decided to put that t back in the name for now I was on the fire Elway bandwagon, but now looking at this young core $80 million cap space and the draft picks we have upcoming, I can't help but be excited for the future. Skangs was a surprise, but if the rumors are true and we bring in Schirmer, then I would be excited. I mean, look at what Reed did yesterday, and we get a coach from that tree. Count me in. I'm really,
0: I'm really, I really want to know what Pat Schirmer's best offense and best quarterback were so I can feel the ceiling. Because right now I'm just going through it, and I just can't find a time when he had a great quarterback.
2: Yep, now he's got one. From
0: Hamdy Kamovich, money comes, money goes, but pe- championships are forever. In 10 years when Locke is leading the Broncos to their third title under his reign, we won't care that the team spent a couple extra million one year on a quarterback. But we will be looking back uh, on the benefit that learning from both Peyton and Brady had on developing the new face of the franchise, TB12 for QB2. <laughs> yeah,
2: if you can bring Tom Brady in
0: as your backup, that'd be great. From Andrew, oh, what does Sherman mean for Jano? Does he use
2: fullbacks in his offense? You know what percent of uh, plays he used the fullback in last year? I don't know if I want to know. Two. Oh. Two percent. Uh-oh. Yeah. It, for Andrew Beck, too. This guy, we were, we were sharpening him in with under, uh, under skangs. Yikes. Yeah, I don't think both of those guys are going to make it. <sighs> and they just signed Andy Janovich to that contract. I remember. oh my god. <laughs> I remember
0: Bill Musgrave once saying, You gotta use the guys you have, and we have a good fullback, so we're gonna use him. Yeah. And that was all fine and dandy. Uh I don't <laughs> I think Andy is going to be relegated
2: to a much more special team specific role. I still think he makes the team. Yeah, I think so too, because they, they're paying him regardless. So might as well have him be a special teams all star. Yep. Vilka Dan, looking at all the comments, I just hope you can wrap up before The pod before the natty tonight. Assuming the Broncos close the deal on Shermer, what changes in the offensive coaching staff do you think he might make? Does he have certain right hand men, guys he might bring with him? And do you think TC sticks with the Broncos as QB coach? Thanks for the coverage, guys.
0: That's a conversation probably for later in the week once we can do more research on who he's had around him Um, and once there's more information, once he's officially hired, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Yeah, exactly
0: from TK Freeze. What up, DNVR? Okay, quick debate question for you. My brother and I got into a debate last night on whether or not the Broncos should pay Derrick Henry. He said it would be a luxury, but if we're just going to carry over the money into next season, then it already filled the immediate needs on a team, pay Simmons, quarterback one, Wolf, etc., then why wouldn't we do it? Now, I know running backs can be a dime a dozen, and you can get a guy in the late rounds for good value, but let's say we had the money after filling most of the needs, and he was available. Any of you guys interested, or no way you're spending that money on a running back? I know we won't do it. What is your guys' opinion? Well, I would not do it. After watching me in this playoffs, I will say him and Lindsay would be the perfect combo. Thanks.
2: Oh my goodness! Could you imagine? Oh my goodness! That's why I'm all for it. Especially, it's easy to say that when you know it's not going to happen. But oh my gosh, he 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 looks like a a he looks like he's in high school, and you know he's going to be the NFL player that he is. And because he, he just, it looks like he's going half speed, yet going 200 times faster than everyone else.
0: Yeah, it looks like he's supposed to go up to the next league.
2: Yes, exactly. That's a perfect way to put it.
0: Um, not in this offense. <laughs> you're not, you're definitely not bringing in Derrick Henry to spread it out.
2: Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yep. In the
0: old offense, I actually might have been able to build a case. It's hard for me in this offense. Yeah, that's fair. But they did have Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Did they? That was, Sh- yeah, because Saquon was a rookie last year. So that was Shermer's first ever pick was Saquon.
2: Yep. Man, how about that? How would that look? Oh, that'd be fun.
0: It would be crazy.
2: <laughs>
0: From Bronco and SF, RK, I'm most interested in your take on Shermer. I'm with you on modernizing offense. What type of scheme does Shermer run? How does this change? What we'll look like next year and in our offseason moves? I'm very impressed with Fangio. It feels like Elway has been a dictator for a while, but I heard this came from Vic. Hopefully with those two at the helm, they'll compliment each other. Firing and replacing an OC in the same day to secure the top guy on the market is a power move. Give me Belichick and cr- gives me Belichick and Kraft vibes. It is big time. It is, 100%. One thing that's weird about the Patriots is they never bring in other big name people. No, it's always just guys that they groom. That's crazy. I've yeah, never thought is. about that. Like. Like they would never even consider bringing in Pat Shermer. No, that's that's that is wild. Um, Belichick just knows he's that good. I think he Belichick has his own offensive and defensive system, and he just has guys run that for him. Right. Um, so you, yeah. I mean, I talked a lot about this. It is unequivocally a better offense for young quarterbacks. No doubt about it. There is no question in my mind that in terms of that and in terms of what I've always said about modernizing the offense, this is it. This is 100% it. And uh, eventually I think the uh, virtual reality question is going to come up. I think Shermer is in on that because that's what Case Keenum was using when he was with Shermer in um, Minnesota. So all these things are going to come up. I think he is a modern thinker. Look, I mean, he comes from the Andy Reid tree. He's looking at what Andy Reid is doing. He's not saying, like, Andy, what a fool. <laughs> going away from what we've always known to be good in the original West Coast power spread or whatever. He's saying, like.
2: 50-plus points in a playoff game? Nah.
0: He's definitely saying, like, wow, I have to modernize as, uh, as much as he is. Um, a lot of RPO you'll see with him. So this is exciting. From that regard, this is exciting. It is going to be way, way more modernized than what we've seen here. The pistol stuff will stay around, which I love the pistol f- for some reason. I never thought I would. Now I really like it. Um, all of this stuff is, is really exciting in terms of what I've been pounding the table for all this time. The, I mentioned why I'm not just like unequivocally stoked. I Remember my New Year's resolution? Trust my gut. My huh? gut wasn't definitive. <laughs> my gut was not definitive. So you need more probiotics or what? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, but... I will say that, that in terms of what I've been talking about for, what, two at least two years now, this is a, a much better step in the right
2: direction. It is. It is. It's going to be fun. It's going to be different. It's going to be advanced. And that's crazy. You go old to kind of move toward the future. And, hey, Vic said, how are we going to keep up with Andy Reid? Let's hire someone that knows his offense very well.
0: Love it. Absolutely love it also love that on a day when we set the record for comments i'm pretty sure we kept it under two hours um there's so much more to uncover and peel the layers back on this move and it's just going to be zach and i for most of the week here so stick with us the rest of the week more information make sure you subscribe so you can get this andre simone film room Um, if you've ever needed to see one this is the one pat Shermer holds the keys to the future of the broncos We need to know what he's going to do. So make sure you ride with us on the website, thednvr.com, slash subscribe. Keep coming in with those pod reviews. We really appreciate those on iTunes. But until tomorrow, that's going to do it for us today. Have a great day.